0: are starting another series right now, and uh, the title of it is called Ribs. I'll explain that in just a moment. But uh, I feel like this is really a left brain summer. How many know um, right brain, left brain? Okay, you know right brain, left brain? Right, creative, emotional, left brain, logical, order. And I just feel like uh, with our last series on stars, with astronomy and all that, very left brain, and now, this series as well is very left brain. So, for those of you that are right brain, uh, there's going to be a wonderful series in October River Valley at the Movies. That's the true series. And uh, if you're right brain, uh, don't miss worship. That's all I'm saying. If you're a right brain person, you need, come on. We have worship and then the left brain teaching. And uh, I know that it may not get tons of amens, but this is a left brain uh, series again. It, it, it's called Ribs, but it could be called. Um, scientific secrets of God's word. It could be called hide and seek. It could be called national treasure. I, again, I, I, I gave the idea to the team and usually I, I give them an idea and then they kind of take it and develop it. And I kept saying, you know, this is I'm going to start with this thought about the rib. And, and they're like, they, let's call it ribs. And I'm like, no, I'm going to want to eat at Famous Dave's. How many are with me? You know, it's like, <laughs> this service here, it should be sponsored by Famous Dave's. But anyways, all right. Um, here's what happened. I was at a friend's church. And I was listening to him preach, and he said this. I couldn't believe it. I've never heard it. It was just a year ago. I had never heard this. You would think Bible college, studying the word of God, being aware of sermon things. I had never heard this, that the human rib can grow back. I did not know that, that the human rib can grow back, that in surgery they can take out your rib and your rib will grow back. Now you're saying, what's so big about that? I immediately went to Genesis, where the Bible says that God took out of Adam a rib and made Eve. And immediately in that moment, I'm like, how did I not know this? And so, how many know that? I'm, right there, I'm Googling to make sure that my friend's telling the truth. <laughs> like he's lying in his church, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, and I'm like fascinated, article after article, not Christian, like doctors, just all Christians and non-Christians writing about this, that the rib is able to grow back. I found one, um, Dr. Carl Weiland, who was in a major collision and they were rebuilding his face and using bone from his rib. And he asked his surgeon, now this guy's a doctor. And he asked his surgeon, are we going to run out of rib there? And the surgeon looked at him like, how do you not know this? How do you not know that the rib can grow back and it regenerates. And uh, he said, if we leave the periosteum intact, which is a big word, but he said, if we, use that t- if we leave that intact, the casing around the rib bone, the rib bone will grow back. Fascinating. Again, because Genesis chapter two, maybe I'm way more fascinated. The left brain people, they're like, the right brain people are like, ribs for dinner. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Genesis two, okay. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, and then he closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. It's right there. It's right there. That was what was so fascinating to me because it was like a scientific thing that's been hidden for years. Okay? Okay? It hasn't been until recently that they discovered that the rib would actually grow back. So for thousands of years, it's just like, okay, he chose a rib. And there's lots of different things where people say, well, it was probably for that reason or this reason or that reason. And of course, God could have taken any part of the body and done a miracle, but he took the rib and it actually lines up with science. And I believe that all throughout the word of God, there are little things that are hidden in there that smart left-brained people discover, and we're going to look at some of those today, and they have aha moments with God. And then they share them with the rest of us, and we have aha moments with God. But again, he could have done a miracle and just, you know, taken any bone he wanted, but he took the rib that actually grows back. I mean, I grew up thinking like that men had one less rib than women, like God took, you know. And then when I found out we had the same, I was like, I don't know. Does that contradict the Bible? I mean, but then I thought, you know, like if I lose my finger, it's not like I'll genetically pass on to my kids a pinky-less child. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the DNA is the DNA. So I was like, all right. But I still was trying to figure it out. But he took out of the rib, and the rib grows back. So it's a little aha thing that just kind of says, take a look at that. What else is in there that you don't know? How amazing is my knowledge and my wisdom? How amazing is my word? Why don't you get into it more and see what else is there? Now, again, Genesis tells us that woman is, is not a separate being, but she's part of the man. She was made, and the Bible says, helper, helpmate, companion, uh, who corresponds with him, cor- who's corresponded with the need. Um, not that she corresponds, but corresponded, you know, a helper comparable to him. Now, the Hebrew literal meaning means um, a corresponding helper, not a subordinate, an equal. And it can't mean subordinate. It can't mean like the woman is subordinate. She, she willingly submits, but she's equal, okay? And the Bible tells us that she's a, a, an equal because the same term that is there, it talks about God being a helper to Israel in the same way that the woman is a helper to the man. So there's no, no way that God would say God is lower than Israel. So he's saying, I'm coming alongside. I'm right there with you. And together we're going to do this. It's an absolutely beautiful thing and it couldn't be by chance that again that the writer of Genesis says that it was from a rib that the woman was from a rib it couldn't be by chance not in a male-dominated society in a male-dominated society there's no way if a guy was just making this up if the bible was just written by a bunch of guys who wanted to have authority over people they would have never picked the rib they would have said woman was made out of the foot Or made out of the hand. She's an extension of his action. Or she's below him. But the rib was chosen. It's a beautiful thing. And I don't believe it was by chance. And I think it is part honoring saying right alongside. And I think also God was giving us a scientific aha moment. But with the side thing for just a moment. Matthew Henry has this beautiful affirming commentary. And he says this about the woman being made out of the rib. He says that the woman was made of a rib out of the side of Adam, not made out of his head to rule over him, nor out of his feet to be trampled upon by him, but out of his side to be equal with him, under his arm to be protected, and near his heart to be beloved. I love that. Very affirming. And together, Adam and Eve, man and woman, they form the image of God. And so it's a beautiful creation. I mean, guys, we're made from dirt. Ladies, you're made from rib. Guys, if you're married and your wife's next to you, turn to her and say, you are a beautiful rib. Go ahead and do that right there. There's your opportunity. It's not very endearing. You know, French, this is true. The French, you know what they say to their loved one, mon petit you know what that means? My cabbage head. Tell your loved one, you look like a cabbage head. All right, it's an endearing thing. Um, it, it, I found some of these other things. In, in Chinese, I won't even attempt the words, but to tell someone that you love them, the, the guy calls his wife his diving fish swooping goose. And the Dutch, with their sick sense of humor, figured out, mine poopy. That's what they call her, their dear, their wife. I'm not kidding, I'm not kidding. That's why you don't go to China or Holland for your anniversary. You go to Italy, you know. Amore, tesoro. You know, I mean they got the smooth words, you know what I'm saying? But ribs grow back. I hope you're as fascinated. I, I didn't know that. And I'm just fascinated. It just got me into thinking and diving into all the different things. God's word is so true. God's word is so true. Again, you may not understand. I just want to jump on the you may not understand the why of what God's telling you to do, but you have you gotta trust a God that knows what he's doing in that way, that gives you those aha moments. And you can just trust him and say, God, I don't even understand why you wanted me to forgive my enemies, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. God, I understand that there's aha moments. There's other things. And as I looked in the Bible, I just uh, there are several that I had to share with you. Some of these would be things that we just say, of course we know that. But you've got to realize throughout history, throughout, throughout thousands of years, these things were hidden. Isaiah 40, says he sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. It says there that the earth is a sphere. It was written in 700 BC and it wasn't until much later, Christopher Columbus reading his word man, the earth is round. Let's go. We're not going to fall off a table. The earth is round. I'm saying, read your Bible. It's in there, it's hidden. And yet we say, we we understand it. We're like, that makes sense. Yes, it's round. Do you realize that Job 26 7 says this? He spreads out the northern skies over empty space, he suspends the earth over nothing. Okay? We look at that, we say, of course. But it wasn't until 1650 when they realized, wait a minute. The earth is not sitting on something. The earth is actually suspended in space. It was always there all along. I mean, when I, when I see that, I'm like, hey, Richard Hammer, read your Bible. I mean, it's in there. He does read his Bible. You know what I'm saying? It's in there. Ecclesiastes talks about the water cycle. Ecclesiastes 11, if clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. It's talking about the earth going up and, and the, the, the water going up and coming down, giving us a hint in this water cycle. Like, where does it go? It goes up to the clouds, it comes back down. There's a cycle that's going on. Again, as we read the word of God, there are things that are here. How about this that air has weight? We didn't know this again until the 16th century that air actually has weight. There's a weight to the air that is here. And yet if you read your Bible, you see this. In Job 28, 25, it says, when you gave to the wind its weight and a portion the water by measure. Okay? It was saying it all along, and then scientists discovered that air has a weight to it. Water has a, a measure to it. And depending on where it is, whether it's sea level or up in an altitude, whether the temperature, the, the apportionment changes. It's like God knew what he was talking about here. And he's giving us a glimpse and he's helping people to discover. And I'm sure when that scientist discovered that, it was an aha moment. You've got to be kidding me. That's amazing. It was hidden there all along. Leviticus 15.13 talks about Ceremonial cleansing. And people didn't understand this that you had to wash your hands in running water, that if you wanted to be purified, don't put it into stale water. And in Leviticus 15 13b, it says, The man shall count himself seven days for his cleansing. He will wash his clothes and bathe his body in running water. Then he shall be clean. And doctors were reading the word of God, and all of a sudden they're like, Wait a minute. We keep washing our hands in just still water. We keep going back to the same water and rinsing things off in the still water. We need running water. That's the way that we'll have purity. It was there all along. And as we read the word of God, again, they pop out at us. It wasn't until later that they discovered quarantine. Like, we need to do this with diseases and quarantine people. And the word of God years, thousands of years before was saying, quarantine people that have this disease. This is how you need to take care of it. Again, over and over and over again, left brain people, they're in there. Some of you are super excited. You're like, I want to discover one. I pray you do. You'll find that life is in the blood. All along, we should have known it, that the life was in the blood. When the blood is gone, life is gone. Leviticus 17:11 says, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. And I'm going to talk about this more in two weeks talk about the blood and DNA what does that have to say we're discovering all sorts of things about DNA and yet God probably had all sorts of things that were hidden here and now scientists are just finally smart enough to figure it out but here's something you don't have to be a scientist to figure out the life is in the blood the life is in the blood physically and spiritually you don't have to be a scientist to figure this out That your life is in the blood of Jesus Christ. If you ask the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse you from your sins, if you believe that he died on the cross, that he rose again from the dead, that he rose from the grave, and that his sacrifice paid your price, his blood covers your sins, the Bible says you're forgiven. The life is in the blood. I think God ought to have to be a scientist to figure that one out. As we read the Bible, we discover God's character, we see his heart, and there are hints that are discovered. And when I said, I hope you discover one, I hope you left brain people, I hope you discover all sorts of things, just this week, I didn't realize I was in the presence of such greatness, okay? I was at general counsel and there was a guy walking around that looked like, you know, he looked like we needed to help him find some directions of where he needed to go. You'll see a picture in just a moment. And little did I know that this guy was one of the leading scientists in America. He and his brother were called national treasures by the Secretary of Defense. This guy, uh, Ken Coram, and his brother James, I think we have a picture. Go ahead and show him up there. You're, you're in suspense. There he is, his tie's loose. He's got a wicked mustache that's looking righteous. And, and that guy and his brother, you got to understand what they just discovered. They discovered wireless electricity they can send electricity anywhere in the world and power an appliance power a light bulb they can do it from anywhere in the world the governments of panama costa rica saudi arabia have already signed up they owed all the patents on this and these guys were brilliant type harvard type educated guys and they and they were like we've got to ask why We've got to ask why. And they grew up saying, How? Why? What about that, God? And their left brain was just going and going and going. I mean, they have hundreds of patents. And they, they just said, We were trying to figure out why in the world. And, he, and, and Ken said, When he read the book of Job and he saw God saying, Where were you, Job, when I did this? And where were you when I did that? And can you do this? And can you do that? His mind just went, Okay, that's amazing. God's incredibly high. He's amazing. He's transcendent he's amazing but he must be hinting at things he wants us to discover and so he and his brother started looking through the hints of the bible and discovered the ability to send electricity without a cord without a power line and again all the patents and as he stood there in front of us he said we don't know how much this is worth but we believe billions and billions of dollars will come from this to fund the kingdom of God he started I mean I was like amazed this guy was like talking kingdom builders on steroids you know not millions billions and I was like I'm so glad he's on our team I'm so glad he's saved and it was just amazing to see. He's like, I'm going to use this for God's glory. And then he started saying, nothing's impossible. The God that can show me how to invent wireless electricity can heal your body. And he's like, stand to your feet and praise Lord." I mean, he was going for it. And then he's like, now back to quantum physics. And you know, I, uh, it, was, uh, it was amazing. Here's what he said. He said, when I look at science, when I discover these things, when I look at wireless electricity, He said, I fall deeper in love with God. He says, every discovery pushes me towards my creator, helps me be in awe of the one that would give us these these thoughts, these hidden things, would give us new revelation, that when we call upon him, he'll help us have new knowledge and new wisdom. And he said, I just find God when I dig into science. Wow, beautiful thing. That's in alignment with other greats like Joseph H. Taylor, Jr., uh, who won the 1993 Nobel Prize in Physics. He said a scientific discovery is also a religious discovery. There's no conflict between science and religion. Our knowledge of God is made larger with every discovery we make about the world. I love that. I love that. Sir Isaac Newton with the law of gravity, this most beautiful system of the sun, planets, and comets could only Uh, Proceed from the counsel and dominion of an intelligent and powerful being. Max Planck, the father of quantum physics. In 1918, he won the Nobel Prize in physics. He said, there can never be any real opposition between religion and science for the one is the complement of the other. I love it. I love it. And the Bible is not a science textbook, okay? The Bible is not a science textbook, but I believe our God has placed within there again things that we could observe things that we could understand things that maybe 20 years from now they'll be going of course of course we knew that and we'll be like i didn't know that i had no clue but god will reveal that and, he, and he's the god that is is just saying take a look take a look now you understand god does not have to justify himself with science god does not have to justify himself with science but it's a beautiful thing that He lets us have the aha moments. How many know that God could play the? Because I'm God and I said so. Does it sound like your mom or dad. I'm dad. I said so. Now get out of here. All right. That means they just don't know the answer. How many know that, right? But God knows the answer. But He could say, "You don't understand that." He allows us to discover the secrets, and He says, "You know what? I love your aha moments." If you're a left brain person, again, I pray that you have aha moments with God. Amazing. They just keep coming and coming and coming. But a lot of left-brained people, let's be honest, they fight against God's truth. They fight against it. They fight against it and they fight against it and, the, and they fight against it. And I really believe that Genesis is under attack. Again, creation and Genesis account. That's why anything that science confirms in Genesis, like the rib grows back, just as one more thing that says, see? See, And the scientists and the left brain people many times will try to push God down. Romans talks about this. It says in Romans 1.18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. It kind of means this, that people that don't want to face the truth, when they have the aha moment, when they hear the rib grows back, they go, that was just chance or luck. Could have said anything. You got lucky. You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to suppress the truth. They're trying to keep it down. They're trying to lock it in a tower or put it in the dungeon or, or hold it underneath them or bury the story. Don't Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. And yet God's saying, you cannot bury the truth. You can't suppress the truth. You can't hold it down. The truth just has a way of coming out. How I many of you can't keep Jesus in the grave. You can't keep truth suppressed. It keeps coming after you. It keeps coming after you. And every angry atheist that's like, it's not real. I'm telling you what, truth keeps chasing them. Keeps, I just had a thought like this, chasing them like a Pac-Man. You know what I'm saying? Like it's coming after. That's what I thought, you know. But anyways, it's like it's coming after them. You cannot suppress it. It's right there. I'm telling you what, God's truth is there. and It's there for us to discover. One more, one more. I just have to share it. Psalms 8.8 is another one of those truths that was discovered. Again, I'm just trying to help you to understand God has those aha moments. Psalms 8.8, it says, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Some translations say the rivers of the seas. There are paths in the ocean. Now this was not known, not known until the 1800s. Matthew Fontaine Morey was born in 1806 and he enlisted in the Navy in 1825. And he gave his life to studying the ocean, currents, different things. And one time when he was sick, he was very sick, he was laying in bed. He asked one of his daughters to read from him, and she started reading the Psalms. She got to Psalms 8.8, and, and he heard rivers, paths in the ocean. And he said, stop, read that again. She read to him, and he said, there must be rivers in the ocean. There must be paths, and if there are, I'm going to find them. As soon as I get out of the bed. I'm going to go find them. Now, uh, just a side note, he was sick and was having the word of God read to him. How many know when we're sick, we're like, give me the remote, and we're watching game shows, reruns of Matlock, and you know what I'm saying? You're not going to find a good idea watching Matlock. I'm just saying, you know. He's having the word of God read to him, and all of a sudden it jumps out. He gets out of there, and he starts studying this. He goes and places drift bottles. What are they? Drift bottles are weighted bottles that are just below the surface so they're not affected by the wind. It has to be current. He places drift bottles, bottles in the ocean with notes in them saying when you find this, please tell me the date and location that you found it, and he started to figure out where the rivers were in the ocean. Because there's, if you've ever been to Florida and you've gone fishing and you go out into the Gulf Stream, you could actually see the rivers going through the ocean. He discovered that. And when he discovered that, he found out that he could cut the time down of ships going from the Atlantic to the Pacific. He cut the time down by 40 days because he got them into the rivers. Then he figured out that instead of turning around, if they just stayed in the river, they could actually get back home 48 days quicker if they would stay in the river rather than go back against the river that God placed in the ocean. I mean, the U.S. Navy was so impressed with this, they couldn't believe this, that they actually made a a statue for him. And, and put a monument and dedicated. They said, He saved us millions and millions in their time. It has to be billions when you think about it, that our ships now are able to go in the current, in the river, and move submarines to go in the current and be able to save time and resources. And they, they made this monument. And in 1929, the U.S. Navy uh, dedicated this monument in Richmond, Virginia. Go ahead and show a picture of this wonderful man, okay? Here we are with Maury, and it says, the pathfinder of the seas, but I want you to know what they did with this monument by his left foot. Go ahead and show the other picture. They placed the Bible on the ground at that monument in Richmond, saying the Bible showed him the pathways of the seas. Separation of church and state. The Navy guy found it through the Bible, and the government put a statue up with the Bible. Don't let anybody chisel that thing away either. I'm telling you, this is an amazing thing. The word of God is loaded with all sorts of secrets, and I will tell you this. It's loaded with all sorts of obvious things that are showing us the truth You know, you may never have a a discovery of a hidden truth of God's word. Again, you know, I pray if it's going to happen, why not happen in a church like ours? And you can invent something that the rest of us right-brained people will be like in awe of and just give to kingdom builders, you know what I'm saying? But you may never discover a hidden truth. You may never have a statue dedicated in your honor, but I will tell you this, you could be a trophy of God's grace You may never have a statue dedicated in your honor, but you could be a trophy of God's grace because that's not hidden. That's not a hidden thing. God was right up front. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He told us, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He said, I came to seek and save that which is lost. He said, it's not the healthy people that need a doctor. It's the sick people, and I came to save them and help them. We see this beautiful, beautiful truth there. And I just believe that God's saying, get into my word. See the obvious things. And I pray in our church we'd have a greater dedication to our Bible reading, scripture, observation, application, prayer. We call it SOAP. It's on our website. I pray that you'd read those two chapters a day and you'd say, God, speak to me. Speak to me, the obvious things. And if you want my left brain to discover something there, help me to discover it. But Lord, speak to me as I read your word. I pray that we would do that. And I also just pray again that his plan of salvation is so obvious. It's so right there. It's so right there that you would say, man, I need this. I need this. If it's that obvious, that's not even hidden. God's like, I'm not hiding on this one. This is so good. You have the right brain, left brain, everyone. You need to know. You need to know this answer. And today, here at all of our campuses, if you have not, not had that opportunity yet to say yes to Jesus, this is your opportunity to say yes to something very obvious that's right in front of you, right there that's saying, you know what, you can be forgiven and I want to pray for you and then at, at all of our campuses, you'll have an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for the things that are hidden there. I love it that wonderful people can discover things that, that could fuel the kingdom of God. They could fuel the Great Commission. And I pray for those brothers with their wireless electricity. I just pray that that could fuel the kingdom of God. I thank you for that. I thank you for people that have discovered pathways in the sea and the things that are yet to be discovered because we haven't even scratched the surface of your knowledge and your omniscience. I mean, just you know it. But I pray right now for a very obvious moment here and at all of our campuses that we would have an obvious moment to know that Jesus Christ Desires to forgive us of our sins, that you died on the cross, that you rose again from the dead and you paid the price for our sins. And if we'll simply call on the name of the Lord, if we'll admit that we're sinners, if we'll call on your name, we'll be forgiven. And so I pray right now that people would do the very obvious thing that's right there in your word for us to find and they'd say yes to you, Lord Jesus. They would say yes to Jesus.